guys, welcome to Cold Film Interview, the podcast where we discuss the films you love, but no one else gets, and we see if they still hold up. Tonight, <laughs> our parents are sending us to conversion therapy, because we're talking about, but I'm a cheerleader. So let's start the show. Your Hollywood system stole our sex and co-opted our violence, so there's nothing left for our kinds of movies. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> where in the hell are we? If I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. This whole thing is turning into a theatrical mockery. You understand that, Mike? Stop eating my sesame cake. I'm so sure. Just look like you like me, and let's stand on. No. Wolfman's got nard. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. What did I say? No jelly roll. I get older, they stay the same age. You can't piss on hospitality. I won't allow it. Happy guy, motherfucker. Hey guys, thanks for joining the cult. We really appreciate it. Do us a favor, head over to iTunes, leave us a review. We will give you a shout out at the end of the show. We got one to do. Shout out. So stick around for that. And then when you're done, head over to cultfilmandreview.com. Pick yourself up a t-shirt, listen to the latest episodes, even check out some of those crazy, wacky reviews we give out at the end of the show. Wacky. They are. And then when you're done with that, head over to youtube.com, search cult film and review. Check out some of our great videos. Ring it, like, and subscribe (laughs) there. Every Thursday, we go live. 7.30 time. You can join us. Join us. Join us. And on September 13th, you can join us for the Burning at Phoenix Film Bar. Going to be a great time. They can get tickets where, Chris? TheFilmBarPHX.com. That is right. Tonight we are talking about But I'm a Cheerleader. But before we do, as always, I am joined by Kyle Smith. Hey, how's it going? Chris Willenbrecht. Hey, what's up? And Michael Salustio. <laughs> Hello, everybody. That was the most unenthusiastic. Yeah. What's up, Eeyore? No shit. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, no. My gosh. Because I realized that I didn't put in some information on the whiteboard, so I'm like scrambling oh. <laughs> while you're introducing us. Okay. I'm excited to be I have an here excuse, well. a legit excuse. Hi. Tonight we're talking about But I'm a Cheerleader. It was directed by Jamie Babbitt. Came out in 1999. Had a budget of $1 million, Made $2.5 million in the box office. Has a rating of R. Currently sits at a 75% audience score, but a 39% critic score. This was a fan pick. It was a fan pick. This came to us from Jenna H. Uh, Jenna went on to say... This is the second request for a different film, but I suggested this to Cody on Insta and figured my chances to hearing this done would be to officially request it. I also want to give you guys a break from all the uh, all the upsettingly heavy films mm-hmm. you've been covering as late. Mm-hmm. You need some bubblegum comedy in your lives after threads and Nazi love stories. <laughs> I should have asked sooner for Pride Month, but this year is the anniversary of the film, which is definitely a cult classic. The cast alone is enough to warrant that title, but the importance of the LGBTQ community to have this excellently hilarious and beautiful to look at film that tackles a horrific reality for many gay teens in such a funny yet sensitive way in in a world where most film of that nature are always super depressing ads to to that credit. It also has the most adorable love scene. This movie is phenomenal in every way, from the crazy, catchy soundtrack, the insanely gorgeous color palette, and the cast that includes RuPaul in his Straight is Great t-shirt, Mink Stoll, and Bull from Night Court. This needs to be on the show. Wow. That's it. That's awesome. Wow. I, I liked all all the detail uh, she went into yeah. and why she loved it so much, and or loves it so much, I should say. Yeah, so, no, I, I believe we were talking about this on Instagram because I, b- I believe she posted it, and I was like, I'm going to pick that because I saw this film uh, <laughs> probably right around the time. It would have been maybe a year after it came out, maybe two years, because 99 it came out. I probably saw this in 2001 and 2002, somewhere around there. Um, and this movie was very uh, eye-opening for me. Uh, it did touch a subject matter that at the time I probably – wasn't as open to uh and made me feel like it was okay uh to talk about it and 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 things like that being like dude when i grew up like you realize like i grew up in a very religious household so like the the ramifications of of that and what that means to the lgbtq community is you know, I, I don't I don't know how do to you explain feel it. like you understood yeah, even though helped. this movie's wacky you kind of understood the characters because they're 
like like you said, like I get the vibe. It, it, it I get the vibe re- in this movie that the parents are religious. I, yes, like I, I yeah. was, and I was told the whole the, like this movie will go on and, and talk about normality of sexuality mm-hmm. in this movie, and I was always told too the normality of sexuality and what it was, and that the other thing was wrong and weird. And this movie plays on that and makes it okay. Didn't say to say no, it's not. It's normal, mm-hmm. um, and it helped me. As someone who who used to say, you know, like uh, growing up in my, you know, at my time, it was okay to be like, oh, that's that's so gay, or the oh, whatever, fag, you know, like that as the joking way to say stupid or dumb. And this was a movie that kind of helped me be like, no, that kind of stuff's not okay. Like these are people too, and like this is real life stuff, and you know, it's this is normal. Love is love. Like so, this was a big movie for me, and and kind of showing me. that side and, and doing it in what I felt was like not abrasive. Yeah. You know, which I needed at the time. Cause I was like, I was in high school. Yeah. So, and I, and I watched it because of the two main actresses, mm-hmm. like I saw both of them in, in movies that came out around that time. And I was like, Oh, I love them in this. Let me check this out. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. I think that's a cool story that a film could, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, that's what's great about film in general. It opens your eyes to different perspectives and like makes you kind of take in life differently than you maybe nor- normally would if you were influenced, you know, by your parents or whoever you happen to be around. Like, right, when film you, can change your when mind. When you're watching this as a teenager, you realize you're like, you're like, oh my god, I'm like the mink stole character in this film, <laughs> and uh, you're like, what? Like that's not okay, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's pretty cool. Like, it's a pretty cool thing that it can have an effect on you. Uh, had anyone seen this beforehand, Kyle? Had you seen it before this watch? No, this is the first watch for me. What about you, Chris? No, <laughs> but you've been talking about it for a long time, probably since we worked at the video store, yeah. because that's where I remember seeing the cover, and I do enjoy, like, Natasha Leone. I liked Slums of Beverly Hills. I'm surprised I never picked this up when we worked at the video store, but I think I always meant to. Um, and also, I knew Mink Stoll was in it, and I was a John Waters fan, so I feel like this was always recommended to me if because I like John Waters films. And so it's been a long time coming, is what I'm saying. But no, I haven't seen it. What about you, Mike? Like so many times. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen this film a lot. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'm uh I'm not gonna be hard on this film. <laughs> <laughs> when did uh, you... It's a good film. I always I liked it as a kid. When did you first see it? Oh man, probably like around when it came out. Ninety nine, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I definitely know that I didn't go to like theaters or I didn't see it in a theater. Yeah. Um I, I and I don't think it was something that was rented. I think it was something that like popped up on IFC or something. I don't know what would have been yeah. the indie, my indie probably film IFC. outlet at the probably time. Probably IFC. IF, yeah. So, um, but yeah, when I first saw this film, I, I was actually quite intrigued by it. Um, I didn't have the same uh, upbringing as you did. I like I knew about homosexuality yeah. at this time, um, but um, I was nineteen. I would hope so at this point. <laughs> well, yeah. No. I don't get me wrong. Um, I knew about it too, but yeah. I, I was you know I was always taught like it's this you know evil wrong thing. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't really have that upbringing, but. Um, it was I, I was just more intrigued by the colors and its honesty. I remember being like yeah. thinking artistically it was like a really new thing to me. Mm-hmm. And this is right around when it was like kind of like the tail end of like the indie movement. Yeah. I thought that was like, yeah. oh man, they're still making cool movies. This, man. this era, like right around this time, was like dark comedy, weird, quirky yeah. mo- movies. Like a lot of them were kind of coming out at that time, I feel like. Yeah. And and yeah, like playing with the color palettes like this and like really getting that bubblegum pop kind of look and you know like mixing dr- a lot more drama into the comedy and yeah i feel like i feel like we saw a lot of films like around this time mm-hmm. that were like yeah i agree that were like this that were well that's the thing is like i feel like that was kind of like, like welcome sh- to the dollhouse and yeah shit, you there, know, was definitely like a, there was like a definitely a shift in in how storytelling was done in that time i feel like and that's when it was starting to get into like more of i feel like bubblegum is the perfect way to put it like i feel like, there's a lot of movies that had that aesthetic feel to it also i i realized too that this is a lot of a lot of movies at this time that were independent films also had a lot to do with like religion like it seemed to be a theme that kind of yeah ran through I, I a mean, lot of them yeah because like, you have like saved around probably around this saved, time i think was like a few years after yeah, yeah little, no, it's definitely later but i mean like there was a, a string film. of the of these films for a right. couple of years where it was like 
a religious based, not religious. I don't want to say religious based, but like it always talked or touched on religion on, in these these films. You know, mm-hmm. Secret Life Alter Boys. I think of like just little things um, like that. You know, that was yeah later. But you're right. Like yeah, yeah you there's like a five year span where it's like you got a lot of this. There was kind of an influx on indie films. Wasn't where, there like the Gen Xers are making films that are coming of age at this time? You know, a lot of actors, like a total rebel against their yeah. parents and stuff. The indie business was <clears throat> booming. You know, there was a lot of money to be made at that time because digital wasn't you know as oversaturated at that time so everybody wanted product and and actual act recognizable names were starting to step down into the indie world and generate that you know so yeah it was uh like a lot of interesting things i think came out of that time yeah i guess we should probably get to the plot of this film so i guess it's time for plots with mike Megan's a cheerleader, guys that's all she that's all she loves that's all she likes she just she's just a normal everyday girl you know, she's got a boyfriend, but things are strange. You know, like, he tries to kiss on her a lot, and she's not super into it. Um, her friends are kind of, like, questioning her a little bit. And then one day, she walks home, and there is an intervention happening. And they are telling her, unbeknownst to her, that she's a lesbian. And they are taking her to a camp to get her, quote-unquote, fixed kind of thing. Uh, so uh, she goes there, and... She eventually learns that maybe maybe it is true. Maybe she is a lesbian, and uh, she meets other people who are like her. And that's really what this film is about, but it, it tells it in a very kind of like an almost 50s backdrop, which I really like. Um, there's a lot of, um, I would say like, what I say, absurdist humor, kind of. So I feel like it's satire. Satire is probably more yeah. better. It's not like an airplane or anything like no. that. But it definitely no. feels like... The, the laws of physics don't work. To, uh, you know what? If yeah. somebody fell off a building and went boing and like came back up, I wouldn't have been surprised. Yeah. 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 Um, it definitely feels like a bubblegum world. Um, it's told in almost a very uh, old-fashioned fantasy style. And um, yeah, it's all about a girl trying to come to terms with this and the fact that her family put her in this weird camp to to fix her in a way. So. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Oh, and she's a cheerleader. Did and I mention that? Did I mention that? A cheerleader. That's the name of the title of the film. That is the title <laughs> of the film. film. Let's do this. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about, but I'm a cheerleader. Megan, we love you. We all love you. And <laughs> lately we've become concerned about certain behaviors. We're afraid you're being influenced by a way of thinking uh, and unnatural do you remember the woman on tv honey we think you're a lesbian and we're back talking about but i'm a cheerleader came out in 1999 had a budget of 1 million made 2.5 the box office made that money back sure did and then some (laughs) <laughs> yep <laughs> that is that's the kind of analysis you're gonna get when you listen to cult film yep. right and damn some in no doubt in-depth analysis <laughs> and then some <laughs> <laughs> all right so what we find out is uh with the opening of this film is that megan is a cheerleader yeah well so about that song that plays in the opening credits i love that song and I that's too. it's also used in a quentin tarantino movie i don't remember which one but um it, i couldn't remember either yeah it's um oh it, is it death proof uh probably yeah it's death proof. it definitely probably. sounds like a death proof yeah song. chick yeah. habit that's a great song so right awesome away song. going into it i was like fuck yes and you know it's like that montage of cheerleaders doing tricks and stuff and i'm like <laughs> hmm okay it's all in slow-mo and i know i was watching yeah. i was like is this the end of the man show what is this <laughs> Anybody remember that? And then I Michelle do. Williams okay. shows up for a sec. <laughs> Just for a sec. Just yeah. for a sec. Yeah, she, she has she a couple it, lines. It, it, I didn't. I forgot she was in this film. So it was like I, one of those people you were like, yeah. oh, fuck, it's fucking making it. And not then you're an like, oh, role. not at all really in this film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like she just kind of showed up because they needed somebody else. And she was like, cool. And she was probably friends with them. So it, from Look what I, you're constructing well, these from theories. What I, from together. what I read, though, like, best friends. Natasha Leone like, got asked to do it by Cleo Duvall. Like, you know, like she was interested in doing it through her, so it was like kind of like I don't know. That was she wasn't gotcha. she wasn't originally going to be the first choice as the lead actress. She was the best choice. She was a great choice, and she, I love seeing her. This is films. one of my favorite movies of hers. Yeah, I remember just like totally loving Natasha Leone. Oh, me too. Like just being like, oh, she's so good and everything. everything. Oh, I know. Yeah, when yeah when I I'm trying to remember the Especially movie that I time. yeah I'm looking up her old movies right now. 
I was so I was beyond excited actually when she popped up in Orange Is the New Black. I was oh, like, "Oh really? Oh fuck yes!" Oh, oh. yeah, me too. Have, have you guys have... seen Russian Doll yet? No, no. no. What's I heard, that? It's, I heard great things though. Goddamn, really good. Shout out with awesome. her. Star, yeah, star power. So she's one of those actresses that when she shows up, everybody gets happy about it. Fuck yeah, <laughs> like stoked. Like okay, cool. Dude, but I love. Is this like her first movie though? No, no, I don't think so. I don't know. I maybe. I don't know. I love the way she plays this role, though, of like this this cheerleader who is completely ob- oblivious, apparently, about her sexuality, um, yeah. because she thinks, and it comes out later in the film, because she just always thought that everybody else had the same thoughts that she did. She didn't think there was anything abnormal about. I don't think that's the way that a, that's such an, an like a weird thing, though. It's not because when you, if you don't have anything to judge your thoughts on, yeah, why wouldn't you believe everybody was right. thinking the same thing you were? Yeah, right? and, like and I think that I, I yeah. actually That's really liked that. Film. I liked that scene in this movie a lot. Like the thing, like the uh, the drama aspect of this film. Like I fucking I, I really enjoyed. It was w- really well written and stuff. And that scene in particular was just like, wow, what a powerful moment for her. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. She was in the TV series yep. in 1986, and also she was in Dennis the Menace. Okay, in '93. Cool. And then already a pro. And then she did a couple things, then up to Slums of Beverly Hills in 98. I remember that film. I love and that And then film. American Pie, Detroit Rock City. Oh, she did American Pie. Oh, the yeah. same year. Oh, yeah, Oh, dude. damn. She, she had totally like American fucking Pie. four or five movies dropping. Yeah, she's been going ever since then. I mean, she's, yeah. Yeah. So obviously. did Duvall, though. Duvall had a bunch of movies dropping at this time, too. I think. It Robert goes- Duvall? Leah Duvall. <laughs> <laughs> Robert Duvall. Robert Duvall. You know, yeah. Duvall. Yeah. Like Ghost of Mars, I think, was sometime around here, right? That's right. 99. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So she, she was in a shitload of movies. She faculty. Like, yeah. uh, Wasn't she in um, Can't Hardly Wait, right? Like, ton, tons of movies. Uh, oh, she's, she was definitely in faculty. She, she was badass yeah. in that. So, I mean, like, they're they're doing pretty like pretty well at this time. And for them to both... Faculty. That's the one we didn't name. The faculty. We literally sure just... shit did. Literally just oh, said sorry. It. Maybe sorry. even the first and, one. And I made a comment about <laughs> yeah. it. So, Chris is really good at listening. Yeah, I'm He's back really in good now. at he, listening. He, you know what? He, guys, he brought his listening gears. Guys, but let's talk about <laughs> Natasha Lyonne. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I really love the setup of this character. And I actually really love the setup of the intervention. Just, like... Her and her boyfriend making out is like one of the funniest things ever. Like I, this, her face of uncomfortable with the eyes open and just like, oh, the worst kiss ever is it's, it's really funny. Could, we were talking about this, Chris. You did, you did a little theater in your time. Uh-huh. Can you imagine trying to do that scene? Like I, the whole time I was like, man, I don't know if I could do this scene thought, without laughing. Yeah. Without laughing or just being like, oh God, like I feel I'm like it was a face. moment where they're like, they knew they had to do it and they're just like, let's just nail it, you know, and just be as crazy on and do it for like two minutes straight and just get as much as we can. I think, I think there are like, you know, in this kind of movie, like oh, I feel like, <laughs> yeah, they were having fun with it, you know. Oh, definitely, they're having fun with it. And I look when she goes to her locker and opens her locker, and she has like all girls <laughs> in her locker, and her her the, the girl like yeah. next to her has all guys like and takes takes their pay. Who leaves their locker open like that? By the I way, I feel like she got like the fucked up locker. It just didn't close. Yeah, ever. yeah. I don't know why she had the one locker. I, I, that I also have get no into. opinion because when I went to school, we weren't allowed to have lockers anymore. So oh, I God. never experienced that life. That's the, that's what horrible. That's, a locker incident that's happened. Thug, when you're homeschool, son. When you're homeschool. Uh, I, went to, I, went, I went to school post Columbine, high school and post Columbine world. Post Columbine world didn't have lockers. We Guys. had lockers. Yeah. Yeah. What we did. Yeah. Oh man! Well, it must have been the district I was in. Man, you okay. went to the school. That's what they lies they told you. <laughs> I like yeah. that you had this moment where, like, you were like, "How do you not know that everybody went through this?" And everybody's like, "No, lock this is a real Megan moment right now." It, for it you. is a real Megan moment right now. <laughs> I thought everybody didn't have lockers. The hints that she, that are being dropped that she's something's about to happen because the parents are acting weird, the friends are acting weird. Dude, yes. I love her. The guy that plays her dad. He Bud fucking yeah. hilarious. Was he Harold and Maud? Right, that's what he yeah, was. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Okay, yeah, fucking hilarious. So just is Mick Stoll, dude. Mick Stoll's great. Just his performance and his like his playing playing uncomfortable, but pl- trying to play like everything's normal. It was fucking hilarious. I agree. Yeah, Mick Stoll went back into like old school John Waters evil shit. It's uh, I feel like in some some points of this film. Like, especially when she's like, you can't come home. Like, that part of it that I'm sure we'll get late, into later. Like, I'm just like, oh, like, you're mean. Like, you've, you're tapping back into that old shit. I just <laughs> like seeing her and stuff because it makes me happy that 
she was a part of something so long ago that actually propelled her to be able to do more projects like this. And like, she doesn't do enough in my opinion. You know, I like I seeing her and stuff. I like seeing her too. Like I do. I like seeing her in this film, like uh, RuPaul in this film oh is one God. of my favorites is Mike. Like if not probably my favorite, he's character. my favorite character. A hundred percent. You know what's so weird about it? Like I, you don't ever hear about RuPaul as like an actor. No, but like, like he's like solid. He's mm-hmm. got it. Yeah. yeah, he's got it for sure. Yeah, and you know that right away. He's got like the the movements and like the facial expressions and and he's playing a straight character, which is totally the opposite of his like public image. Well, you he's know? he's playing a a formerly gay person. When, when yeah. I know it's calls so it perfect. The gay. He said, "I used to be the gay, yeah. ex-gay." Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now he's an next. Well, I like, yeah, yeah, I like his performance too because I, 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 he had me laughing when he first got out of the van yeah. and he was like full on coach mode. Yeah. He's like, he like stops. He's like, Jogs jog up. up. <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Oh, it's so great. I do think I think he pretty much stole the show in this movie for me. There's a lot of good. There's too. a lot of good. I think anytime there. he was on screen, it was like he, he had some of the best parts. Like he did. I love comedy, to Mike. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I agree. He's I, like teaching the guys how to fucking play football and how to oh, oh how, the how, to, how to celebrate <laughs> when he would get pissed <laughs> off and he's like he's like Stay! I forget what he yells, but he like really takes it over the top and i was like god damn he sold that to me <laughs> i believe it dude yeah this is it's uh it, it's great like when he shows up when when they all show up to the house and and like they, they, they the intervention they yeah, basically do the intervene and he's there to basically you know talk talk her through to it and she's refusing to go and then ends up going anyways um but that it whole, was a very heavyweight setup. I noticed it was. <laughs> it has that kind of like the the great thing about this movie is is even though it's dealing with very serious topics, like it never takes and the tone of like we're taking this too serious. But they really are taking it serious. Like right. that's the brilliance of the satire. I of mean, this the, film. the beautiful yes. thing about this film is the the whole message of it is you know you know, uh, be whoever you want to be. There's no definition of anything. Yes, but yeah. they hit every fucking possible stereotype hard in this film oh yeah. yeah like and and totally running with that joke throughout the entire film which is it i, I don't know it's it's a cool like i don't i don't know how to describe it like it's it's not mean-spirited let's no. put it that way it's like you can tell it's part of like this big overwhelming like they're making fun of people for thinking that these yeah. things well, yes. that was the thing that i was i mentioned earlier was like the the thing about this film is even though it's a dark comedy like the the drama aspect of it, the writing of the genre, uh, of like the drama that's underlying everything, I thought was rose far and above like mm-hmm. the the comedic elements of it, and that was the stuff that I like kind of was more hooked into when you had those drama moments, like you know the, the like we were just saying the comedy with Mike was 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 good stuff. Some of the some of the gags, I mean, yeah, I think I've said on before on the show like '90s style kind of humor stuff doesn't really resonate with me, but like the drama side of this film was just like, like captivating. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of the humor stuff though is pretty subtle in this, but like some of it's over the top, but there's a lot of stuff that's really, really subtle. That's really funny. Well, yeah. And I think yes. a lot of stuff with Mike is one of those, is one of those examples. Yeah. He, he, his comedy stuff definitely comes not from a big wacky out loud. Yeah. Well, and like rock, like rock rock was, who is very, was hilarious. Is, who's very over the top. Yeah. Like yeah. his shit dancing with the fucking weed whack. <laughs> yeah. The chainsaw. Yeah. is so goddamn funny. Yeah. Like there's a, you know, with that and then like <laughs> no slurping through straws, but then like, it's very <laughs> subtle humor with the, I forgot her name, the goth girl. Like her using the fucking zap, oh, uh, the yeah. zapper to fucking masturbate mm-hmm. was is fucking hilarious. No, they, but they really <laughs> do hit. They really try to hit as many <laughs> different like. I, would you call them archetypes in a sense? Like, well, like he said, stereotypes. Yeah, stereotypes. Yeah. stereotypes. No, definitely stereotypes because yeah. they're just out and out stereotypes. Like, yeah. what's the one where? Uh, they have when they're trying to discover and explain to her that she's a lesbian. They have a bunch of stuff where it's like, oh yeah, there's a things where like there's only pictures of girls. In oh there. yeah, every oh, everybody that shows up at the intervention. Into a vegetarian, or yeah. she went vegan. Yeah. Like, she's a that's vegetarian. Such an obviously notly not yeah. true thing, but it's definitely somebody who's who is bigoted might think. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, if you go ve- vegan, you never know what's going on it's, with those people. It's you know, uninformed for sure. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, they they, they and they point to like the Melissa Etheridge poster. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, so it's just such over the top. 
clear, yeah. like, it, yeah. you know they're making fun of the stereotypes. They're calling it out. Yeah. I mean, they're saying, like, look how stupid this is. Which I, yeah, that that's the whole tone of the film in the way I, as the way I took it. So. Well, yeah, it, it's like this, the, the whole tone of the film is basically, because once they get to the, like, conversion therapy, like, it's basically like a camp. Yeah, true, was it true, 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 uh, true direction. True direction, direction. yes. Great name. Which is such, Great name. It's such a, like, you have to think about it a little bit, but then you're just like, oh, that's such a fucked up thing. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know it really is because there's so many meanings to it where it's just like god damn it like, and Mary who runs True Direction she comes out and Im- immediately sells me because she's a big over the top character yeah, and like the whole so. house is painted pink and blue um, obviously to represent the gender roles and, the, yeah and well because like that's that. what this movie 100% focuses on from here on out I feel like it, especially at this camp is gender roles mm-hmm. like it plays into gender roles like yeah. hugely and, and it's like they're how they're how they're going to correct these uh, people's behavior is by uh, reassuring the gender roles that society says that they should yeah. have. Which well, goes right. back to the fifties thing. You were kind of saying, like kind of how it Correct. operated in that. Well, time. They, they even use they're even yeah. using like she's using like images of nineteen fifties. Like yeah. um, what was that artist that did all those Americana stuff? And uh, Norman Rockwell, Norman yes. Rockwell style, like happy family as this is what a family looks yeah. like well, type shit. See them holding hands and enjoying a good time. You know, it's like <laughs> and I mean not to get to this too fast, but I think it's is where the brilliance of the film comes from right because like on one end the moral of the story is how absurd gender roles are right, right. like okay if you're this if you play football and you do these things that makes you more manly so you have to be more straight and they're calling that out as being bullshit right while at the same time plugging you with jokes about clear stereotypes so if you're laughing at this absurdity of oh my god just because you like melissa etheridge doesn't mean you're a lesbian then you're almost it's almost reinforcing the whole concept of the film is like just like you're laughing how stupid this is is how stupid like you watching football makes you more straight kind of thing yeah right Mm -hmm. or i think that's the brilliant kind of like or yeah, knowing how to clean up imaging, yeah, how to play, how to like play army basically in the woods. Yes. They had a scene where they were like, they're yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, how to vacuum, how to, how to, how to, how to chop wood, yeah, yes, how to be a mother, like it's just like, yeah, it, it really, but you're right, it does make the film actually come out, um, uh, really brilliant, like for, smart for yeah. tackling it that way, right? Yeah. But can we? be honest like this type of thing is a real thing I, I actually think that I read the director's mother ha- had ran like a halfway house you know where she or a 12 step program kind of thing and that's where a lot of the influence well, yeah. like didn't, they, didn't they have well, that whole conversion like, therapy is a five step program didn't they have that whole like pray the gay way thing that there was that, that, that there was like, exodus all this stuff was going in, on. In, I think it was exodus international or something like that which yeah. is a notorious ridiculous started a whole fucking chick-fil-a thing and made right. this whole thing <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no, it's, no, no, they, these places definitely existed. They were definitely, and they're much more dark and sinister, I think, than what this, makes uh, this movie plays yes, it out to yeah. be. I mean, it, it really seems yeah. like Mary thinks she's doing the right thing, you know, but she's confused as well, obviously, throughout the film and kind of trying to force her son to be something that he's not. Yeah, there's all those layers. Oh yeah, there's def- this movie's got a lot of layers because there's a lot of characters. I mean, there's there's so a, many. There's so I can't even remember any other names. Yeah, I mean, Dol- <laughs> Dolph, who, who is Rufio from Hook, shows yeah. up. Oh yeah, he's the wrestler. Yeah. He's the wrestler. Uh, yeah, there's yep. Joel, Hillary. We get introduced to my, my. I always like Melanie Linsky yeah. because, like, I when I first saw Heavenly Creatures, I was just like, this film is so fucking yeah. good. Yeah. Like, and also, every time I think. I liked her in Castle Rock too, yeah. which was a more recent thing yeah. that she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she's been doing a uh, her great. whole like, career. I just really like her like, in general as an actress. Yeah, she was awesome. Ro- yeah, Clayton was kind of like a little side character, and then Lloyd and Larry I thought were really Lloyd fun. And Lloyd were and Larry <laughs> were great, dude. They were fantastic. Definitely man. seen the tall guy. Uh, is that That's Wesley cool. Mann's Richard? Uh, uh, Richard Mull. That you've Mull. seen him in House. You've seen him in uh, uh, Night Court. Jingle all the way. Night Court. Yes, I yeah. used to watch a lot of Night Court. Jingle all the way. Yeah, he was in Jingle all the way. Yeah, great. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's in. He's in a ton like of Julia stuff. Delphi's in this film for like a brief minute, which I think is. Funny. I don't know who that yeah, is. She's she like was... the French actress. She was in. Uh, oh God, she was all like the before awake, before midnight, before yeah, yeah, sunset. Yeah, yeah. Oh, before I can't remember sunrise. what the trilogy is called, but yeah. two days in Paris, two days gotcha. in New York. Yeah, she was on all those films, but she's like in there for like a brief hot yeah, minute. She plays the uh, the chick at the bar. Yeah. So my uh my my favorite scene is happens in step one, 
of this uh what's this step one step step one is admitting that you're acceptance. a homosexual yeah yeah it's it's acceptance and at this point uh natasha Lyonne's character uh megan has not accepted that she's a homosexual has not and uh they have a group therapy where she does realize she is and it's like one of the funniest real like realist <laughs> meltdowns like <laughs> fucking ever of all time so like, good so I don't, good. I laughed my ass off. I like, dude, I was dying at her performance in this. She has a lot of really big, f- f- you know, goofy faces that she makes alongside with some of these actions, but it works so well. Like the comedy comes off so well for her, but somehow it's like grounded in drama too, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like when she's crying about it, it's like, it's obvious she's not crying. There's no tears coming it's, out, but it's, it's, it's yeah. kind of funny. It almost looks like she's about ready to laugh. It's like melodrama <laughs> is humor. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Exactly. But dude, that scene fucking killed me. Yeah. I believe this to the root is to root. What? What's your root? What's they your, keep what's asking your root? What your root? Which is, is is it's supposed to be like what was the trigger? What was the, what like the what's trigger? the gateway drug? Yeah. Which I think uh, <laughs> that got you to be gay. The answer, the answer of my my mom wore pe- pants on her wedding day <laughs> is my so ridiculous favorite. So funny, oh shit, dude! I was dying at that. Like their roots are so fucking funny. Even like the root, like that. Uh, you know, Megan gets later on in the film when the parents are visiting for where she's like, "That's it, that's it." It's because your dad got laid off for a month, and your mom was the breadwinner for yeah. a month. <laughs> well, that what, yeah, you know, that 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 was like and that, that almost looked like a reasons. like a ridiculous like it went into like a weird dark path because she was just like she kept pushing and she's like, "No, no, you you saw your your father as as a lesser," and she's like, "No, that's not, not it at, at all." all. Like, I and don't, I love how the father I mean, the whole time is just like, "I was only unemployed for six months." Like, <laughs> it wasn't like. But the one who really pushed it was Mary, and Mary is really the one who's like kind of she's just looking driving. You, no, she she dude she is she is like the quintessential like owner operator of a business. She is just pushing for those like the the win so she can like help propel her, her business do you more. Think it's a owner operator of the business, or and that's kind of what she they're also saying about religion. I th- well, I think there is this, the sense of the, a sheep represents a, a weird like societal figure yes. that is pushing these weird like ideas on people, right? Because throughout the whole thing, you the father's sitting there and he's just like, guys, this is like six months. It wasn't that big of a deal, yeah. like. Yeah. Like it's not that thing, and she is like, just and I got pushing, a better job. Like no, you were you were you you were feminized, and you were turned into this like lesser yeah. than a man. You were yeah. masculated, so that and it's like this whole pushing of this absurd idea mm-hmm. of why idea. their, da- this, and their yet, daughter is a like, lesbian. Weirdly enough, like people come up with these fucking stupid things yes. just to like try to Justify. reinforce something they don't like in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and it's a it's a that scene. I got deeper with that than I thought I was gonna. No, this, <laughs> you did. You, that's you, a great you thing about though. this movie. Is like on the surface, it has this like bubblegum like yeah, comedy, but, it's, it's but like you can serious philosophical shit and societal things. And that's that what addressed. that's the thing that blew my mind when I read this movie had a thirty nine percent from critics. And I read yeah. I read some of the reviews. I'm like, like I don't think you guys got it at the time. They just kept saying, Perhaps "I read ninety nine, right?" Yeah, but dude, people like uh, like I was trying to say in the beginning of, of the show, different than twenty nineteen. Yeah, dude, ninety nine. Like, yeah, people were not woke. Like I was saying, like, dude, we were like saying stuff that I would not even fucking say in public to this, like, to at the, at this time. Like it was normal conversation lingo that I would never. I mean, yeah, use. that's true. Yeah, you know. Well, I also I read a bunch of reviews, like just to see why, like it was like kind of panned by critics. And it seemed like a running theme was a lot of them were comparing it as a knockoff John Waters film. And I think that's so wrong. I, I think it's wrong. I mean, what they're saying is just shallow. It's not it doesn't go much deeper than like visual and, and all obviously you could obviously see there's an influence. I agree. Of course. I agree. With OK, that. obviously there's an influence. And Mink Stoll is in the film. And there's a bunch of other colorful things about the film that you could say or maybe inspired by some early water stuff. That's fine. Like there's nothing wrong with like taking that influence and like making your own thing out yeah, of it, you know? Quentin Tarantino made a whole career out of it. Like exactly. I, I'm really surprised that in 1999 people yeah. are like, that's weird. This one's heavily influenced by he a kept particular saying, like, it's director. It's a rip off of like an early John Marshall without the wit and, you know, without the like, you know, whatever skill or something. Can I say, I, but I want to say something. I actually do disagree. Yeah. yeah. Are you disagreeing? Yeah, I disagree with maybe, that. Are we disagreeing that, for the same reason? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. maybe Could this yeah. actually be happening? Wow. Four years. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying this. I'm just no, saying. My whole thing is that, yeah, that, that, um, I think this film this? might be a little smarter <laughs> than most John Waters films. Not saying that John Waters films can't be smart. 
I just feel like there was a little bit more nuance in this. I was li- I was literally thinking the same thing when he was kind of describing that because like John Waters films, like for for everything they have, they I don't feel like they ever it never has the depth of um like uh, intelligence not not intelligence in a bad way. I'm sorry, I don't mean mean it that no, way. I'm but, not offended. But de- the de- the depth. <laughs> <laughs> that that depth of like consciousness, social consciousness. He's like blunt with his there. message. Here's yeah, like I don't feel like the message is ever like yeah. takes the heart of it. This, this film, the message of, no. is the heart, and the j- comedies around John it. This movie, sorry, real quick. This movie has a lot of the surface jokes that John Waters would tell, and yes. like, but yeah, oh yeah, he yeah, but he does touch on the same politically incorrect things that this movie does touch on. You know, and the things that we now look but, at and go, what the fuck? Like, in back then, he was making a statement that it's not wrong, you know, and there's this whole thing. Like, I think this film no, does capture some of that. I agree with that, but John Waters does it in a way that is abrasive and shocking to, yes. get, to get his point across. Where this movie, for it was perfect for me at the time, it, it came along because... It did it in a way to where it wasn't threatening. Yeah, it's John W. or John John, John W. Light. <laughs> John W. Light. No, John it's, it's, W. It's Light. It's definitely like a hairspray and not like you know fucking. Yeah, but I but uh, but also you know like I, mean? I don't want to yeah. take I don't want to take away from from Jamie as a as a director because no I personally think that this movie has its own like its own style and look oh, too it, yeah it, it definitely it borrowed definitely does it, it def- definitely borrowed but dude like like some of the like, especially with like the the aesthetic look of it and costume choices and things like that this, the, that were done I, I just think that was I just feel like this is this film is like an choice. absolute solid drama wrapped up in. A kind of wacky comedy on the surface, like you want you you it gets you in with kind of the the over the top kind of comedic stuff did, and style, and then as you unpack it, it's like holy shit, there's something ha- really good. It has here. like a look of like Stafford wives, yeah, you know what I mean? Very, yeah, yeah, like, I that's what's great hold. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there's this this mixture of well, that's the I feel like that's like yeah, that kind of like puts the point on they're trying to conform people to look the same, have all the same colors on, be a certain thing. Like oh, yeah. it's just it just puts you in that that a little tighter. Like you know? I said, this is one when I read that, when I read 39% and I was reading some other, like I said, some other critics reviews, I was just like, I don't think you guys got this. Man. And I want to give another credit shout out to this. And I'm not saying that John Waters films aren't <laughs> going back to talking shit about John Waters. But he really hates John Waters. No, yeah. it's, but I wanted to give this uh, a little credit. What I really liked about the entire class of people that came in there was that they all came from different walks of life and they had diff- they were yes. of different races, they were of different mm-hmm. types of orientation. And John Waters films tend to be a little bit more like white leaning. I f- I feel yeah. Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, you're I the resident John Waters expert I feel here. like I mean like I, feel I don't like hairspray this has a very... is all about like black and white yeah, like yeah, integration. No, but this is like super diverse. Like there's a lot of people being represented in this film. That I feel like no, maybe right. wasn't even later thought on. about. I'm not yeah. blaming Waters for not having I just think he used what was available to him. Yeah. I don't think he was thinking too hard about that. But but yeah, definitely they're making a point in this film definitely to do that. Because originally, it just came to me when you were talking about it. They wanted Rosario Dawson to be the lead. But the producer didn't think that she would be right. And I think the director took a lot of offense to that. Because yeah. the point was to make it diverse. All right, let's do this, guys. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk more about But I'm a Cheerleader. I'm a heterosexual. Uh, not yet, honey. You're almost there. And don't speak out of turn. No, I know. I've never been gay. Huh? <sighs> Jan, remember, uh, you were molested. I <laughs> mean, just take a look at yourself. I mean, everybody thinks I'm this big dyke because cause I wear baggy pants, I play softball, and... I'm not as pretty as other girls, but it doesn't make me gay. I mean, I like guys. I can't help it. I just want a big fat wiener up my... Amen, sister. I quit. Who in the hell is she trying to fool? And we're back. We're talking about But I'm a Cheerleader. Let's kind of get into uh, some of the details here. So, uh... (laughs) As Megan is finding out that she likes girls, um, she is also falling for a girl. Uh, yep, it's that classic. It's that classic uh, opposites kind of very much. So. Do, very, don't don't enjoy each other's company, and then yeah. love grows. Yeah, she, first they're guarded, and then they let their guards down. 
Yeah, you gotta watch your wall. <laughs> watch your walls down. It's about young love. It really is. It really is. Well, and it's and one more, of the few times on our show it it's, is. It's more or less Graham trying to prove to Megan, like, hey, this is really what you are. Just it's okay to accept it. Like I like But there's yeah, but, she, there's but her struggle though. is great too, right, though. Right. Man. Her parents suck. Yeah, her dad specifically. That dad's an asshole. So I was such a dick. I I always like this thing because it doesn't get addressed a lot. In the real world, the the whole rich rich kid ha- rich kids have problems too thing. Yeah, like I've always liked that kind of thing, like that whole message. Yeah, because you know, always you know you never it really think that it comes bullshit. with its own bullshit. It John Hughes, yeah. Yeah. John Hughes thing. Yeah, to do very much so, and it does come with its own bullshit for her because you can tell like her parents are going to again cut her off mm-hmm. as well if she chooses. And it's I I think this movie does a really great thing too, where it's like. The whole time you have Graham telling her, like, be who you are, be who you are, be who you are. And at the end, kind of chickens out and Megan goes through with it. Yeah. Yeah. And pulls the trigger and does it. And is like, cool. I, you know what? I will be who I am. And I I will you know, yeah. walk away from my home and yeah. I will do whatever I have to just to be, be happy. Yeah. Their arcs know? go the opposite ways of where they start, obviously. So yeah. Teacher yeah. becomes the student moment. <laughs> it is. And it's great. You know, it is cool. The only thing that kind of ruins it a little bit is, is that cheese ball ending where she's like, I'd love to see you cheer. And then you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen at the end here. I didn't, I didn't really, you didn't out. get that. I mean, I wasn't really looking for anything. I was just absorbing it as it happened to me. So, and it's just <laughs> like the worst cheer ever too. I'm like, you didn't even put any energy in it. You even jump once. Oh, that's yeah. A, that was a cheer. It dude. was a love cheer. Cheer, dude. Love cheers. It was a love cheer. Like gentle sonics. cheer. I like to be, I'd like to be uh, like slow jams. Okay. The slow jams of the cheers. I know it's like an oxymoron. Yeah. When you do one, like two, a, three, yeah. four, you know, you're not getting high energy flips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not the time to, yeah, you're you not know. getting the pyramid yet. <laughs> it is a little, it is not supposed to be a big show. It's supposed to be a, a direct be romantic. call to, yeah, her and romantic. It is romantic. It is romantic. Yeah. It is romantic. And, it, and what I like about it the most is that it solidifies, I think, the message of this entire film is that, like, you don't have to be put in a box to be anything, right? Like, you can be gay, straight, whatever. You don't have to fit that role. Um, who, what's the character, the... Um, who realizes she's not gay? Yeah. Like with Jan, like throughout the entire thing, she's putting, this, she's being told that she's a lesbian because she's checking all these ridiculous boxes that everybody's putting on her. Mm-hmm. And at the end, she's just like, "No, I'm fucking straight, dude. I just like don't want to dress like everybody, and I just don't. Yeah. I just want to be me." And she just bails out. Can I say that performance? I believed it and I loved it. I thought it was actually a little emotional. When, when yeah, she comes to the realization, it is very emotional. When, no, when she finally comes out and says, "I don't know why you all think this about me," and like I just because yeah, what you just mm-hmm. said, I was like, "Whoa, that hit me somewhere." You but know? I think it's the message also. <laughs> of this because in this the, the other thing is is that you know I mean even the title s- says it like but I'm a cheerleader how can I be gay if I'm a cheerleader right right mm-hmm. like it's not part of the stereotype yeah and she comes out and she's and that's like her moment it's not only the moment that she uses to come out and say hey I, I'm in love with you it's also the moment where she's like I can be a cheerleader and I can also be gay and I can and we should do this. And, and I'm we declaring should be it in front of all these people yeah. who are condemning me, and I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I th- I just think there's so many levels of of this movie really like n- driving home the message it's trying to tell. Totally. And I feel like yeah. this is the big one, man. It's the one. It's the. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> the, you know, resolution. To Cody's point, it was a bad cheer. Wasn't good cheer. I mean, we figured out throughout the movie she she wasn't good at making up cheers. Really, she you remember like she had oh she had to write this song. Yeah, well she made she even makes a joke. She's like, it's not about being clever. It's about. Yeah, which I thought yeah. was great Easy. too because there was something to that as well. I'm like, like there was totally... an art to it, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, now I appreciate what she's saying about cheering. She's like, it's not supposed to be, you know, all that. It's supposed to just get people like an emotional feeling and get them up and and going. And there, there's there's other layers. I feel like metaphors to that, mm-hmm. you know, about life and shit. This whole so. movie is a metaphor, dude. Mm-hmm. This whole movie is a metaphor, and that's what's great about it. Like that's what's great about it. it makes you think while making you laugh while making you laugh. What do you say we rate this mammer jammer? Yeah, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. I guess what are we rating it? Uh, Jenna uh, wants to rate it uh, rainbow pom poms. Okay, and she rated it five. Five rainbow, rainbow pom poms. So I think we know where Mike's going. So let's start with Mike. I, f- <laughs> I feel like I'll give it a four That's and a, a weird half. Start. No, 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 because I'm debating whether or not I want to give it a perfect score. Because I love it. I love this film. Uh, I'm going to give it a four and a half, though. I don't want to say it's like a perfect movie. There are times where I feel like it was a little slow at paces, and maybe the joke 
like they didn't have a story, so they were really hammering. As much as I loved the whole stereotype joke stuff and and the message it was trying to tell with that, like there were times when I felt like it was maybe okay. All right, all right let's get, let's get this over with. Like, she gonna are they gonna fall in love? Are they gonna get together? Um, other than that, like there's not much to I feel to dislike about this film. I I mean, I, if it's a John Waters knockoff, well, it's the better ones. <laughs> like, I think it's a good one, man. Um. I don't think it's a John Waters knockoff. I do think there's a little bit of like a sure there's a an influence to it, but I don't think it's um I think it stands alone in its own messages and its own kind of voice a little bit. Um and uh yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I'm sure a lot of bias is coming out of this because I liked this movie as a kid and I used to watch it a lot. But um yeah, it's just a good film. It's a good time. Funny jokes. Four and a half. No, I don't. I'm not done yet. Done. <laughs> Shut down. You want me to start playing him, playing him off? I'll yeah. start playing some music. No, I was definitely <laughs> done there. I was definitely Four done. How, how can you say you like something? In more, in how many languages? So Kyle, funny. how many rainbow pom poms are you gonna give it? Uh, I'm gonna come in at uh, three rainbow pom poms for this film. Okay. Um, Too low. Too low. You know, here's here's the thing. I, I have a reasoning for this. Um, Let's hear it. Let's hear where you're wrong. Um, the I 100% agree and absolutely found so much uh, to unpack and absorb from the drama of this film. But, you know, here's the thing. Um, and I've said this before in multiple episodes, which is like 90s era kind of you know, bubblegum, kind of wackadoo kind mm-hmm. of comedy. It's just not my jam, you know? So like, like the wackadoo comedy. It, uh, it doesn't land with me very well. But the thing I really fucking loved about this movie was that it had such a well- fleshed out and well-written dramatic story behind Mm -hmm. it. Um, I did appreciate and like the splash of color and the stylistic design of it. Um, It's just some of the jokes didn't land with me. And yeah, some of the, and because I think because some of the jokes didn't land on me, some of the parts felt like longer than they, than they were. And that's just, that's just me. That's just not my style of film. So I'm coming in three though. Overall, um, a great, a great story. So Chris, I, watched this twice uh and it wasn't necessarily because i loved it the first time through i watched it and i felt like i didn't absorb it all the first time through so i had to go back and watch it again to like pick up on more of the jokes and kind of fall more into the style that this movie is as far as the comedy and drama being mixed and all of the the layers that you know the things they're trying to get give you in each scene and and while, you know, I do agree with Kyle, I some of the jokes do not land for me, you know, but there are certain jokes that totally make up for the ones that don't that don't work. I had actually a lot of fun watching it. I'm glad I got to see it. I see the John Waters influence. I like the John Waters influence. I don't think that that's anything to be ashamed of, you know, like why not adopt something that, you know, influenced you? So um, and do it in a pretty damn good way with a good script for the most part. I I don't think it was masterfully done, but I think it was very well done for the subject that it's tackling. So I'm going to give it a three and a half uh, rainbow pom poms with the ability to possibly go up on a third watch. <laughs> like, he's starting to put in like little teasers for his own yeah. like, like right. convince Chris the tune, podcast tune, tune, in, tune in next Thursday for YouTube live will it go up <laughs> have I watched it again and again uh, yeah I'm at four and a half uh, with, with Mike uh, this is a very uh, deep and impactful movie for me but besides that like um, this movie is just fun and I think that it gets messages across uh, the way it does it is 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 very intelligent, and uh, that's what I like about it. Is it uses its satire as uh its biggest strength to the point where I, I think a lot of people didn't really get it at the time when this film came out. Um, this film, Chris, it will get better with watches. It has gotten better every time I've watched it, literally because I do pick up on things that I missed the first go around, the next go around, the next go around. Um, there is a little bit of a lag issue in it. I do do agree like in the middle, especially when the bar stuff kind of starts happening, that's when it gets a little Mm. draggy, but you know, it's soon over and moving in towards the end of the film. So I don't know. I'm at the four and a half. I don't think it's a perfect film, but this is a great fun film that I think everyone should watch. Kind of a sleeper too. Really? Definitely a sleeper. Yeah. 
It's like, I, I, you know, nobody really, I don't think, passed this around much when it first came out. But I hope really? it sees a little bit of a resurgence. I don't know. I kind of feel like this film has always been talked about a little bit. I feel like it was always like, welcome to Dollhouse. Like, you know, I, this one just kind of got buried, I feel like. I feel like. I'll be I, honest, dude. No one, like, that like, I, really I know this film and no one talks about this film. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I guess the, the reason the is because I've, I've never when actually you chose had yeah. a conversation with anybody about this film. I mean, obviously, this is my first one because <laughs> yeah. I'm on the podcast and I have to. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe it isn't a film. I don't know. I always just assume people really like this film. Mm. Well, the too. audience apparently does. The critics did not. As as, as can be the case. Yeah. I, as we find out many times, we're wrong. Well, we're not. <laughs> we. It sounds like we all liked the movie. <laughs> So we were correct. I don't know. Did you read the second fucking sentence of Wikipedia? I, I'm reading it <laughs> currently. It, it says it Cold Film Review hates it. <laughs> <laughs> currently, Cold Film Review. Wouldn't it be funny if we were that popular that people were making fake wiki entries entries on our behalf? Yeah. It'd be cool if we just had one wiki entry as that a was, thing. But like, even a fake one would be cool at this moment. <laughs> All right, guys. That's the end of our show. Thanks for joining us this week. We really appreciate it. But before we go, we do have a review to read. Oh, my favorite. I got it here. It says, the greatest film podcast I know of, and that's five stars. Wow. That's a bold that's, statement. There's a lot of podcasts out there. Fake news. It says, I listen to <laughs> a fair amount of film review podcasts, and this one I always enjoy. Not only do they cover the films I love, some other podcasts wouldn't touch, but they do it with a level of inquisitiveness and analysis that can only be described as educational. Wow. Yeah. What? There was, I think he left a review of the wrong show. Even <laughs> funny for a cynical English person. Keep up the good work. That's from Willie Hearn from the UK. Willie Hearn, man. Willie, Willie Hearn, thank you. Thank you very much Love for it. your five-star review. If you guys would like to give us a review, you can do so on iTunes, and we will give you a shout-out at the end of the show. Make sure you write something, though, because that's how we see them. Guys, we even <laughs> read the bad ones. Yes. We do. Then when you're done with that, head over to cultfilmandreview.com to get in your request for films to review like this one we did tonight. So make sure you guys go and do that. You never know when your film's going to get picked. Uh, and then head over to our YouTube page and make sure you like and subscribe. Watch some videos there. Head over and pick up a t-shirt, coldfilmreview.com. Uh, September 13th, uh, we will be at Film Bar. They can get tickets where, Chris? Thefilmbarphx.com. And that's for the burning. That's, that's for where that, what that movie is. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's for something. Who cares what it yeah, is? Come hang out. Make sure you follow us at coldfilm underscore review on Twitter, coldfilm review on Instagram. We also have a Facebook. Check that out. You can follow Kyle at... You can follow me on Instagram at ColtFilm underscore Kyle. You can follow Chris at... ColtFilm underscore Chris on Instagram. You can follow my yeah at MikeSoulsDuo on Twitter. And you can follow me, JustCollect, on Instagram and Snapchat. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you're going to join a cult, make sure you watch good movies. We'll see you next time.